And now it's time for DNP Presents Dirty Nerdy Podcast. With your hosts, Brian and Matthew. Dirty Nerdy Podcast, Brian and Matthew, back at it. Chocolata, chocolata. <laughs> Sprinkles! I know that we, we discussed that in our previous episode, but it's just so damn good. Yeah. Just, yeah. It really is. It's It's just amazing. I did learn something about this uh, in the course of the last two weeks. Um, there is another group called the 95 Boys that do does a song called Woomp, There It Is, not Woot, There It Is. And uh, the songs are the the chorus is exactly the same as you can imagine, but the verses are different. So it's like the ninety five boys. It's they're uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, our listeners, but they are like around the Atlanta area in Georgia. So they they have that southern rap thing that sounds very different than any other kind of rap in the United States. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, um. Woomp, um by tag team was like out west like california style right so um one of them did it first i can't remember who but the 95 boys is a better song it sounds better right lyrically it's it's got more to it the sound is better productive uh, produced but the one that got popular is tag team's version because tag team did it uh talking about like a basketball game right so like when you score they were like whoop there it is whereas the 95 boys did it was like they were talking about a, a girl's butt and they make it very clear in the song so one got I like more... big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> well, one got more popular because it wasn't talking about sex, so you could play it anywhere. The other one only got played in the clubs and whatnot. And on the radio. But yeah, I got like a short edumacation in that, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I did not know. <laughs> yeah. Uh I did not know that either. That's and all. Now, and now you know. Yeah. Uh, so, do you notice we have some new friends on Twitter? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, we have new friends on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, let me pull it up real quick, but we've got at least two new friends. Oh! We've got yes. the two nerdy... Two Nerd Podcast. Uh, I exchanged a, a couple of messages with them too. 
uh, yeah, two nerdy podcasts. They they sort of do what we do. Uh, so it's uh it's pretty interesting to to see um to see that. And then there was another one. Oh man, it wants me to log in. Maybe I want to be covert, bitch. Maybe I don't want to log in. Um, there was another podcast that that followed us, uh, and I followed them back unless they just disappeared. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Maybe. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Right? I like I like the uh, two two nerdy podcast. Um, that's pretty cool. Here it is. Uh, Dying message detective anime podcast. Jesus. Um, Devots Hub also followed us. Um, and some various other people uh but yeah the the two that that i found uh uh most intriguing was the two nerdy podcast and the dying message detective anime podcast um that's kind of cool i haven't listened to the anime one but the the two nerdy one i have and (laughs) they sound like fun so yes they uh I know about them, but I have not listened to them. So I'm putting that in my homework to do this weekend. Um, the Detective Anime podcast sounds pretty cool because uh, my son and I started going to some escape rooms here local in Indianapolis. And it's we've caught this bug about, you know, wanting to solve things. And so we bought a board game that's kind of like, um, kind of like a murder mystery. You have to figure out who who did it. Like Clue, yeah, like Clue, but it's similar to the the really popular subscription box. But I can't flip and. I know what you're talking it. about the the murder mystery subscription box, solve a murder yeah. with each box kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I I've been looking at that too, and I'm like, man, there's so many things I want to do. <laughs> But, um, yeah, speaking of new followers on Facebook or on Twitter, we've also been getting some additional traffic and followers on uh, our Facebook uh, posts or the uh, words. We have been getting more people following us on Facebook. There you go. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh even though, like last week, we didn't record, uh, I had a doctor's appointment, and it was not a good one. Uh, I was just really drained afterwards uh, with anxiety and stress. So uh, I got stuck in traffic, and uh, the fearless leader, Matthew, and I decided uh, we were going to just go on hiatus from, from last week. So appreciate everybody who was looking because i noticed like at the beginning of the week we get more traffic 
to our social media platforms than normal, which means we have people who are coming back to us to get the new episode. So to do something about that, I'm thinking that, um, you know, whether we record or not, we at least post something and say like, hey, we, we couldn't get a recording out, you know, stay tuned or something. Yeah, that's cool. It's all good. Um, I've seen quite a bit of stuff. So we got a lot of ground to cover. It's been like two or three weeks. You've seen a lot of stuff? Oh, yeah. Like like uh, different shows and movies that I've watched and, and whatnot. I've um, watched Mortal Kombat. Oh, I hate you. Shut up. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you want you want my HBO Max <laughs> information, man? No. No, I'm good. I'll slide it to you in a DM. <laughs> okay. Uh I was just going to say on on Netflix I just watched the Why Did You Kill Me? Uh, mm. sort of a documentary. I want to say biopic, but it's not a biopic because it's it's not like acted out. It's It's a very neat documentary. The uh you know how murder mystery shows sort of like uh do a reenactment of events right. um instead of doing that um the only the only scenes that they reenacted were car chases um because it had to it had to do with the uh, uh, rival gangs in in uh, southern california and each time that they did it, they had this little model city and they had people's hands moving the cars around and telling the story about what they saw happened. And then there's sound effects, you know, going, going along with it. And they, they do these really neat, neat, um, wide shots, uh, for when they want to capture a certain angle or, or a very tight shot. If they're, if they want to be zoomed in on, up on, on the uh, car. And it, it was just, it was very, very, um, uh, it, it was a very neat decision that I really enjoyed. Uh, not to say that I enjoyed learning about someone who died, but um, the the whole uh, you know artistic aspect of it was I, I found aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah, I can I can see that. I and uh, the computer scene uh, recreations that they did because um, a lot of it took place over MySpace. That really? brought back a lot of memories. <laughs> You're like, oh god, I'm so dated. Uh, but um, the most important piece of news that I would like to share with you is that I I have a um uh, uh let's see here. I have a potential new opportunity at work. I have a two potential consulting opportunities. And, um, there was one other specific thing that I wanted to share with you. Um, and now it's, it's like, it's slipped away. Damn it. (laughs) I hate Uh, that, man. Uh, so... So um, he's like, so anyway... (laughs) (laughs) I, it'll... It'll it'll come back to me. Um, Will it though? Will it? Yeah. So 
but yeah, I, I got a uh, guy that uh, you remember, um, Mitch. I hired him when we were at the same company together many years ago. Yes. He, he was my rock star sysadmin. Because uh, he's a rock star, yes. The company he works for, um, he just referred them to me for some sysadmin consulting, infrastructure and security consulting. Oh, okay. And um, they can't, nothing can really be discussed right now because for legal reasons. Um, sure. But it's that it's really exciting. There, there's a, a good friend of mine, um, Scott. He was on the on the show uh, a few ep- episodes ago, if you remember. He talked about RPA. I do remember. It was a very entertaining conversation, and he was a great guest. Yeah, um, he has uh, reached out to me to provide some Linux and infrastructure um, consulting. Uh, so that's uh oh um the opportunity at work uh i i had my annual review and i expressed my desire to to take on more of a leadership role and so my boss said well we really need someone who can bridge the gap between infrastructure and security and i explained to him what what i did at at the company that that you and i worked at together and we can say the name, can't we? You know, uh, you know. I guess I suppose so. Because they don't um, really exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I feel really bad <laughs> for laughing, but yeah, no, they don't. Moby Wireless, um, yeah, wireless Moby Wireless Management, uh, and. Um, it's like <laughs> oh wait <laughs> yeah you straight up lost your shit in like 30 seconds <laughs> uh, um yeah so i mean god i loved working there i really did i did too until it started going downhill and you know I can't say downhill. That was my perception. If I owned that company, it probably didn't go downhill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Because they made it something that was viable enough to be sold. So, I mean... I was in denial the whole time because I was like, no, this is is too much of a cash cow. I, I don't know why they would want to position themselves to sell it off because then that's one big payoff you know why why would you take one big payoff over recurring residual or over you know uh, residual income well knowing what i know now that's just my opinion i don't fault no, them I for know. what they did or anything i in sh- i think the readers digest version is they started the company because they saw a niche market with a, that had a specific need. And they could make money off of that. And they took it as far as they could go. And then they started going like, hmm, we're in our 50s now. 
and in 15 years, 16 years, we're going to retire. There's five CEOs, three of which own a property management company for commercial property. Right. They don't need this extra money. They're yeah, making they... bank. But the two of them that started the original company of Bluefish Wireless out of the trunk of one of their cars, literally going door to door from business to business and selling themselves, they this is what they had. I'm sure that over the years they did other investments and diversified themselves and whatnot. But at some point they were going to be like, okay, I'm going to be retiring. Then what? And is it is it better to kind of hand the reins over to a conglomerate that can keep it going? Or is it better to hold out and, and hope that maybe one of your kids grows up and goes, I want to carry the torch that my dad did? Yeah. No, I, I get That's a big gamble. From. That's yeah. a very big gamble. And for that reason, and I don't judge them on any of that but i do i do hold a little bit of animosity for the poor pay and which was the the only shitty benefit of working there it was the pay was very low compared to other companies in the same city right uh but it, it was low because they weren't profitable so for so many years that I'm not trying to make an excuse to say, well, it's okay because they weren't making money, so they couldn't afford money, but it is a reason. It's not an excuse. There's a difference. Um, not that you're arguing with me or anything. I'm just saying. No. Um, but so, uh, yeah, while I was there, I, I mean, I, I essentially filled the role of a CISO and um as well as you know senior sysadmin and infrastructure manager so uh there's a, a neat where i work that there's a whole office dedicated to security um and the department i work in for our infrastructure team we really have no no one specifically that 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 we basically have to bounce back and forth between the teams right this follows more along with the devops line of thinking where essentially i i guess i'd be stepping into into um dev secops <laughs> because i would be the person in infrastructure you know liaisoning with security okay and essentially that was what i was doing at moby because I had to, I had to, um, you had to wear both hats. I had to wear both hats, but I didn't technically have the CISO power. I was sort yeah. of like a, a chaplain on the police force or in the army, you know, they, they have like a, a, a sergeant major ranking, but, <laughs> but the, it doesn't really they they have the major ranking, but the the they they just have the powers of a sergeant. The, you know that they're it's just a an honor honor title. 
Um, yeah. But I had to go to our CTO, and our CTO had to then go to the owners and and do and the actual lobby. Yeah. Yeah. So I would essentially be doing the same thing, handling all the security assess- assessments and engagements, and and as well as uh, vulnerability remediation. And and my boss said, you know. It'll have to be, it, you can't just be focused on Linux. It'll include Windows too. And I said, that's fine. I, When it comes to security, a device is a device. I I mean, I, yeah. I know there's there's OS intelligence uh, that you need to be aware of. So you, you know how to assess that device. But, um, but yeah, so I, I'd be doing all my Linux sysadmin stuff and as well as being our, our primary contact for handling security related issues so um that yeah, that, I, that could be fun i often wonder if because it it's it's not it's not a shock to most employed adults that there are people that work at your company that wear different hats right um i i know there I mean, yeah, when you're many in a, people a, wore multiple hats. Yeah, when, when you're in an enterprise, it's a lot. They're a lot more focused on maintaining regu, uh, um, um, their compliance regulations, which one of the primary principles of that that is segregation of duties. So you know, it's you can truly maintain, you know, a sysadmin as a sysadmin, a dev as a dev, you know, a manager is a manager. Um, you don't have one dipping their hands in all three, which creates a conflict of interest and a huge risk to security. Yes. Um, and, and for most things, I think that's the case. I think on others, having having people be able to wear multiple hats and different sets of responsibilities, it, it's almost kind of like it it created a a, uh, a a more rewarding environment. Because you got to do multiple things from multiple uh, aspects. Does that make sense? Yeah, because like, I mean, I won't be able to use these skills where I'm at now, but if I were to re-enter the um, private in- industry, um, I would be able to... So I, I had the experience at Moby of, of also working with our lawyers. So as we negotiated contracts with, with large you know, Fortune 500 companies, that were our customers, I, I was able to, to, you know, step through their, their, um, essentially their, their IT portion of, of the contract and, and say, this is a lot of times they would ask for, uh, employee information. I'm like, why, why do you need to know the names and addresses and phone numbers and email addresses of all of our employees in sales? Yo bitch, back up. (laughs) I mean, so the, the, I was able to to help stop power grabs like that, you know, so that 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 clients couldn't grab us by our balls. Um, but I, so you know, where I'm at now, I, I that's not really an an issue. But you know, I, those are those are skills I won't be able to use. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's different where you're at per industry. I, I have a pretty well rounded experience um but yeah it's when you have to wear multiple hats like that it for me it wasn't 
it wasn't necessarily the pay. I mean, I, I was paid <laughs> okay-ish. I mean, I was never one that 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 was. That's all I wanted. Was the I wasn't greedy, um, and I I for a long time undervalued myself. Um, but guilty of that. It for me, it was always at least at Moby, it was the 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 stress and the multiple hat wearing, um, which I understood because they had a budget and 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 you'd probably be thinking, well, why are you going to take this, try and try and create this new role and take on the same responsibilities where you're at now? Won't, won't that just burn you out again? And no, because since then I've, I've learned how to, how to handle stress, how to actually take days off. It's, it's okay to, you know, ask for PTO. <laughs> um, it's not abundantly clear to people that enjoy doing what they do that you should take a day off. Yeah. And how I mean, often you, I mean, I looked at my PTO yesterday in, in our payroll and I've got 40 hours and I was like, um, how? And then I realized, shit, I ain't taking a day off in like five months. Yeah. I was, I was like, I, I took a week of vacation. How do I still have 200 hours? <laughs> yeah and i'm getting um, close to my cap and it was so if i don't start taking time i'm gonna lose it so yeah i wish i could just roll my pto into my retirement or something and you know my 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 boss at moby was always he used he's definitely hands down one of the best i've ever had um i thought i was the best you've ever had what the you're fuck? Ne- you're never my boss, yo. Calm down. No, I, that's not what I meant. But okay. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. He was, he was always like, you know, if you want to take time, just because I always had time. But you know, he never had a problem with me taking time. Yeah. He never had a problem with me doing what I need to do to maintain my sanity. I just I. Well, because you know, to the people listening who don't know. <laughs> We were, we were able to drink beer there. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, we were able to drink beer. You know, they were very generous on on remote work. They and... provided the beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, re- they had rooms work. you could nap in. They had a theater. It, it was your Midwest Google. It it kind of really was. I mean, the only thing it didn't have was like an indoor pool and beach area but that's okay i i forgive him for that um but yeah it was yeah it definitely yeah, was a midwest google and even i hate to say it but you know even for 2015 through 2017 remote work was still a very new idea yep and they weren't not scared of it at all um and now it's it's a Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it it has been a catalyst to help managers and and stakeholders realize people still get their shit done even when they work from home. There are people who don't want to work from home because they that's just not their personality and that's fine. But it's nice to see that work from home is now a a modern standard thing. 
because um, it definitely does help a lot with stress to be honest most definitely i mean with me i i work better uh when i'm not near others not because i'm not a team player one of the things i hated about working in a corporate or enterprise environment was the the constant gossip and chit-chatting and i'm i'm not a jerk it's just it's a lot of distractions we have work to do guys stop talking about what you watched yesterday save that for lunch which that's what i do on my lunch hour when I take my lunch, I open up YouTube or I go to Facebook or I have I a private chat the... in Flowdoc. Right. Or I get on the phone and I talk to somebody. That's what that time is supposed to be there for. Now, I, I there's no, because there's no talking about idle stuff like that, there's less politics in the office. Because everybody's remote, so there's no there's no power struggles for someone's ego and stuff like that. Because when you when you have an ego issue and you say it in chat or in an email, it's way more apparent. It's way more obvious to the people that you're directing it to, right? Um. Then, uh, then there's also the, I'm an introvert. So because I didn't, I don't have to see and talk to people, I'm way more comfortable and I feel like I can perform my duties for my job better because of that. At least I hope that's the case. But yeah, I for me it was just all the constant distractions that were around, especially when they when it when it converted to an open office workspace. I oh my god, have never been able to get along with that. I yeah, I said I know. Okay, so I subscribe to the concept that cubicles are literally a personal hell. I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved having my own little cube. It was my own little space. But I think there are some pluses to the open design, but I think there still needs to be more of like a hybrid between the two. Where, I mean, we had some quiet areas you could go to. But it's not like working at your desk where you have two dedicated monitors or or whatever. Yeah, I have two monitors. I don't have a dock. I don't have my coffee cup. I don't have my stress toy. I don't have my phone. You know. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we, we both said yeah at the same time. So. Um. But uh, yeah, so I uh, that's uh, that's my story. Oh, oh. I'm sticking to it. Um, so uh, here's an abrupt segue. 
Um, <laughs> have you seen the movie uh, The Fear Footage? No. Fear Footage 2? No. Fear Footage 3 a.m.? Uh, no. Okay. You need to go fucking watch these movies and in order. It will scare the living daylights out of you. It is one of the best. It is one of the best found footage horror films that have been done in a long ass time. Okay. Uh, and you can all find them on Amazon Prime. Uh, Blackwell Ghost. That's also a really great series. There's like four or five movies this this guy has made. Uh. <laughs> but it's it's another sort of th- that one's not so much a found footage as it is uh 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 independent filmmaker sort of chronicling his his uh ghost adventure um oh that's cool yeah no it's it's really well done and uh, both of them i mean they they aren't by you know, a, a, a big production studio like Paramount or Universal or whatnot. It, it's it's a really really great. Um, they're independent filmmakers that that you know make these two s- series of films, and we really enjoyed them. Um, so I I wanted to to bring that up. Uh, because we just saw the, the the third one just came out, uh, the Fear Footage 3 a.m. and it's supposedly the conclusion to the trilogy, um, and it it was it was pretty good. Uh, so, well, I like scary stuff, so I will definitely be checking this out. Um. I know not everybody likes it, but um, you know that's that's fair. Yeah, no, no, no yeah, it, we enjoy horror films every every once in a while. Um, well, quite often. <laughs> I I like scary and gory, so. Oh well, mm, this has some gore in it, but not too much. I I prefer the more scary you can't see kind of thing. Um, psychological horror. Yeah, like like the Conjuring series, those yeah, shit. That the Nun is think. still the Nun is by far the scariest movie I've ever seen, hands yeah. down. Still the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I would agree. And I've I, I, I it's my girlfriend's well got done. me to watch a lot of scary movies, and the, your girlfriend, I like that. Um. She's like, come on, don't man up. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> like some something inside of me wants wants to see her say that to you. You're like, well, goddamn, calm down. No, you're not a pussy, though. You do like scary stuff. Um, I don't like slasher films. Ha, she does. Aw. She does because in high school someone got stabbed once. Okay. <laughs> she well because it, it, she had a personal experience with that, so you know, uh, for her, slasher movies are very scary. I see. Um, but it's 
I see. I see. That does. But we sense. both prefer the the you know the 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 paranormal demonic sort of yeah, super scary movies. movies. Those are the scariest to supernatural us. Supernatural stuff. Yeah, I would agree. So, and I think they deal with topics that most people actually want to know about, right? Uh, not really. I mean. You know, a lot of what I'm... happens in these movies is fake. Well, no, I know that, but there's a lot of movies out there that deal with, you know, like exorcisms and stuff like that. I I've never been in an exorcism. I've never seen one, but fun fact, the exorcist is actually based on a true story. Mhm. Um but yeah, well, so thank yeah, you, the conjuring the fuel, the the conjuring series, yeah, they're 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 all based on true stories. Yeah, um, but a lot of a lot of horror films are are not. Um, but it's the ones that are that you know it, that have a little bit of truth to them that also makes them scarier. They have aspects of it, like like well, okay, I see what you're saying. So like, if a movie has if there's like some sort of ancillary plot, it could be someone becoming demonically possessed. That those are, you know, it, that that's that's an aspect that some people can relate to or whatnot. But um, right. Anyway, uh, I uh, I'm planning on deploying out. So I, I built a set of, I spent six months last year and I built out a set of um, troubleshooting tools for customers to use on their servers. And so I get to deploy that soon to some dev and test boxes and email the customers and say, hey, I've deployed this set of tools and this uh, shell environment augmentation. Um, give it a try. So it, it 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 has the the ability to automatically create a ticket for them. Um, they they type a certain command and then it, it it gives them just a few prompts that they that they walk through on the console, um, and they just you know type in their it auto detects based on their account and and directory services what their what their user is what their email address is who they are. And then it, you know, it says, please confirm this information. And then it asks them to do, to sim- to type in a simple description of, of what they're doing. And it's just a, um, a text, bo- an end curses text box. And it's like writing a short email. And then it collects information about the system at that time, snapshots, any logs that are available, bundles it up, encrypts it, stores it in a secure location on the desk email it creates a ticket in our ticket system with those details so that we can then log into that server in case it gets rebooted or something happens and then we can see all the logs because a lot of times the issue is you know the customer will report something well after it's happened yeah or they will say um you know, I'm having this issue or the, the server will freak out by before you can get to it and you'll have to reboot it or so. It just helps snapshot, you know, at that point. 
so that it helps us to better troubleshoot. Um, and it lists firewall rules for them, exports it to a CSV. So, because the common request we get is, can you can you export our firewall rules, please, as a CSV? Because they'll they'll document they'll they'll ha- put it in their own, their own documentation. It does simple te- uh, connection tests using OpenSSL and um, and a few other shell wizardry uh, commands. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and it, it simplifies things by by not requiring that they have to remember how to use sudo. Because oh, cool. while we do give developers and end users some um, ability to run commands with elevated privileges a lot of them always forget to use sudo so i this would be just... one of them <laughs> um i know this about myself uh future updates are to allow them to install pa- certain packages you know that that will build an allow list and then they can install them if they want without having to file a ticket with us um we have a, an API that we want to build so that they can submit a form on our website, say they want to update the firewall rules on one of their servers. They don't have to file a ticket with us. They just fill out this form. It hits our API. It creates an automated job where it commits the, um, the change to the repo, and then we approve the change. And then from there, it just, it kicks off the automated job on Ansible Tower and updates the firewall rules. It all gets logged. Um, and nobody has to lift a finger. Yeah. Uh, Shit just gets done, son. And then there's an update utility that has a neat little spinner and um, it will it will give them details on on updates and packages and because yum and dnf can be a little complex for most people so it, it just you know in a few in a in a in a simple command with a few different flags you can have it print out um information about packages that are installed or pending to be updated and whatnot so it it's something i'm really proud of <laughs> and i'm building version two as a as a shell um written in Python. So instead they'll just run one command and then it'll drop them at a special shell and, and then they can run specific commands. I've been following a, um, a guide on this kernel developers site on, on how you build a shell in C and translating that to Python. So, but using the same methodology and that, that has been fun. That's cool. I am, uh, so I've used both Linux and Mac, and for whatever reason, I can't explain this phenomenon, but I always forget to use sudo in Linux. I never forget it in Mac. <laughs> explain that one, right? Because at one time, you were probably just used to logging in or becoming root. Yeah, but like, yeah, well... Or switching possibly. your user up to root or something, and then not ever having to run those commands... With sudo? Possibly. It's interesting, um, though. Because essentially that it's, I mean, it's like doing the same thing in Windows is they just call it you know, um, administrator, I think. Um, yep. And there's a difference between 
being an administrator and using your administrator privileges. But that didn't happen until, what, like Vista, I think? What, um, it, the, the administrator account? That's yeah. been around since NT. No, I, I meant, like, now you get the, the, uh, the pop-up or whatever that says like you need administrator access to do this and i'm like bitch i am an administrator oh oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about so it that's kind of like the pseudo check in mac os or 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 linux distribution except for the fact that it doesn't require you to put in a password so i'd like to see that at some point i think but i can see where the common user would get easily frustrated by that. But I think if like you have windows pro that should be like on by default. If you have windows home, you just get the dialogue box. I've, I've always enjoyed Linux. Uh, I started using it in like, the late 90s and i was like why are we not using this like everywhere why is this not offered it was always interesting to me because users want simple point and click yeah but now i mean in, unless you're an advanced user now in this day and age where privacy is a concern social media is a uh, and, and data breaches are a concern do we really want it to be just point click and I don't need to know no you, you should know you should uh, want to know yeah but that's not stuff that people care about unfortunately and I don't see that that paradigm shift ever happening fuck that I care about it well I know you do you just have to take solace in the fact that at least you're doing some good. <laughs> at and, least well, you're I teach, I teach it too. You know, to anybody who will listen. You know, yeah. If people ask, I will tell them all kinds of ways that they can be attacked. But if they don't care, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push it on them. Yeah, I get you. Um, did you get my email I sent you about um? Quarkus? Yes, I did. I attended. I I um I went to the Red Hat Summit this week. It was all online. Um, and one of the when I was filling out when I was uh, uh filling out my schedule, I saw that they had a Java containerization technology being advertised called Quarkus, and I was like, "Oh, that looks really cool!" And my thought immediately went to you and Cold Fusion. And it's like, because it's like, you know, learn how to fire up Java applications natively, lightning fast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, what if you could containerize Cold Fusion and then you could run multiple Cold Fusions on one host and and you could run multiple sites on one? Oh my God. You can. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, that's really cool. And then I looked into it and I was like, oh, Cold Fusion already sort of did this with Docker. <laughs> yeah and you can do uh, so i use command but box with docker yeah um 
but it's still kind of kind of slow, even with Docker. Even with uh, well, yeah, a, Docker's got a heavy footprint. Um, it's actually very lightweight. I was talking about Java because it still has to run Java, run the native Java inside the container. Yeah, the the, the issue is is that uh, it it's going to instantiate its own uh, J, JDK environment or JRE um, for each in, encapsulated uh, instance that you start. So that's where the heavy lifting gets memory intensive. Um, but the, yeah, the, the cork is kind of really. The cork is my nice interest. for it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really powerful tool for people who do native Java development. Um, it is really the answer that there hasn't really been one unless you, you had your infrastructure set up that way with Quark, you can do it without needing specialized infrastructure configurations. So yes, that, that is a pretty powerful thing. And it does a lot of automation for them too, as far mm -hmm. as like garbage collection and, and uh, handling your, your, your memory load and, and whatnot, your heap size and, those things are very important to a Java app because they can make or break your app. Um, I I was curious what 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 all you've been up to. Um, what have you been watching? What have you been doing? How many times a day have you been beating off? I mean, what? Who said that? Well, I've not been beating off that much. Um, I have been watching The Boys on Prime, which is fucking amazing. So I like really dark stuff. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, The Boys is a show. It's kind of like your anti-superhero movie. There are a group of superheroes that kind of closely mimic... Uh, the Justice League. And rather than them being uh, lawful, good-aligned people, they are chaotic good, right? Like, they, they understand the need to do something good, but they only do it if they get something out of it. So all the That sounds like the kid in Bright. Yeah, or not all, bright. Um, sorry, go ahead. All the superheroes have like sponsorships with sneakers and stuff like that. So it's like take your professional sports and combine it with people who have superhuman abilities or mutants, and um, they have PR campaigns. They have to, uh, you know, stay ahead of you know, like things that go wrong and things like that. And so early on in the season, in the first season, the very first episode, uh, the, the guy who plays the counterpart to um, the Flash, his name is A-Train. And there's a, the protagonist in the series is talking to his girlfriend and 
they're just regular humans. Um, she's standing in the street, one step away from the curb. Boyfriend's standing on the curb, and he's holding her hands. And, like, in a second, all of a sudden, the camera is, like, spins around. And there's, like, blood appearing on his face. You're like, what the fuck? And not to give away the scene, but what ends up happening is the Flash or A-Train had gone down the street quickly, right? As he would. And runs into her and can just completely obliterates her on the subatomic level. There's no bone or nothing. It's just fluid. And the only thing left of her is where the boyfriend is holding her hands. And he, like, flips out. So, they... He meets up with this, um... Kind of like the bad guy. But the bad guys in this universe are kind of really like the really good guys. In the sense that they, they see through the smoke and mirrors of the sneaker deals and the serial contracts and the PR campaigns, they know that these guys are just in it for the money because they get paid. The, the superheroes in this show like contract themselves to a city for their services. And the city has to pay. If the city doesn't pay, they don't fight crime. They don't help the innocent. They don't rescue people from shit. Um, it's all, it's really fucked up, but like it kind of flips the tables around. So like your supervillain is actually your good guy and your superhero is the bad guy. And you, you're like, Oh, cool. I can root for the supervillain and morally feel okay with it. But ethically they're like, they're just as bad as they are in regular superhero, supervillain relationships. Um, I can't remember the star guy's name, but his his disguise is that he's an FBI agent, and they end up uh, capturing the Invisible Man in in their their universe. And his superpower of being invisible is that he can uh, change all of his cells to be carbonized. And the carbonized material that it changes into is reflective. That's how he is invisible. Well, that makes his heart harder than a diamond. So they're trying to figure out how to kill him. And they go through all these like different processes to try to kill him, shocking him, you know, trying to find sharp objects to penetrate his carbon skin with and all these things. And it's just, you're just like, fuck, these guys are god damn sinister but they're doing it because they're doing the right thing is taking these guys out of commission because humans are being you know goaded into paying exorbitant fees just you know to save somebody from a car accident or whatever um Did you yeah. see brightburn I think I have seen Brightburn, and you're right. It is very similar to Brightburn in in concept. Um, that movie is fucking phenomenal. Yes, it's so it's like somebody kind of saw Brightburn and were like, "This could be a show." 
Um, so earlier you mentioned the Flash. Yeah. Have you heard the news? Michael Keaton is returning to the role of Batman. Yes, I did see that, and I got oh my... really excited when I saw it. I know, right? I like, I squealed. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> I was, ah! <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, I had not planned on watching any Flash movie, but I will to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Oh my god! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really awesome if he comes back in sort of like a uh, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Return, the Dark Dark Knight Returns sort of role, you know, where he's he's just he's old man, he's burnt out, he's ready to hang up his cowl. Yeah. I, well, so we've we've talked about this before about which Batman that we liked the most and we ranked them, and which Joker we liked the most and we ranked them, and stuff like that. I can remember the scene where they're standing in um, Bruce Wayne's uh, uh, mansion, or they're standing in uh, Nicole Kidman character's house or apartment, right? And the Joker comes in flashy, right? But then he's like, he really has that like business-esque kind of thing, and he's He's in it for the long haul. He's not in it to just get laughs and thrills. He's in it. Wait, which he, which movie? Uh, uh, the original Batman in the in nineteen eighty nine. Oh, Nicole Kidman wasn't in that. I was confused. That was Kim Basinger. Sorry, Kim Basinger. Okay, so yeah, yeah, okay. I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, he's he's he was there to tell her that he's Batman and. And he comes in and rings the doorbell before he can do, he can say anything. And he's just very, you know, dapper and I'm Joker. Yeah. But what I really loved about that, that movie and what I really loved about Michael Keaton's role as that Batman character was the part where like, he just flips his shit and he was like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. You know? And you know, like the Joker's like not even phased, and he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And I'm just like, yes, that right there is the quintessential quote that I took from Batman. Never rub on another man's rhubarb. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so many good lines in that movie, and um. I like Jack Nicholson as an actor. And I love Jack Nicholson all around. I didn't start liking him until the late 80s. But by the time he was acting in movies in the 80s, he was already 60, 50. He had a career that went all the way back to like black and white shit. And he's done some really good movies. Uh, and that I've gone back and watched just because I love his method of acting and the way he talks, the way he delivers his lines. He's got something that's unique to him, just like Denzel Washington. Nobody can be Denzel Washington but Denzel Washington. <laughs> right. Um, Jason Statham. I mean, 
he can Morgan do a lot of things that other actors can do, but he does it the way Jason does it. Right? Right. Um, like Ryan Reynolds. That no one else can do Ryan Reynolds other than Ryan Reynolds. Right. Exactly. Right. And I know at some point in my life, they're going to reboot Deadpool. Because that's what Hollywood does. Maybe. I mean, you might be old and decrepit, but... Maybe I'm dead by then and I don't have to see it, but... It's never going to be the same. But some... Okay, so some movies are done and they leave them alone. Right? Uh... Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, Days of the Confused, for instance. You can't redo Wait, those what? movies. Oh yeah, no, that those are anything that that I think would counts as like a timeless classic, like Casablanca. You will never see a reboot of that. I really hope not. I really and with as old as that is, uh, Gone with the Wind. I. But there are those popular movies that come out. And they they stand a test of time for a generation, and then two generations later they reboot it for that generation. (laughs) And they fuck it up. Or sometimes it's better, or it's just as good, but it's good for that particular generation that it came out to, not both generations. I'm sorry, there's no fucking way you could ever train a velociraptor like a fucking dog. I think it's close, but I don't think it's that close. Um, uh, okay, so, you know, I, I, I'm guilty of watching the Jurassic World movies. I have viewed them as just, too. you know, their own sort of universe thing. I The, the only Jurassic Park in my mind is the first one. They're- but I do... I really enjoyed the second and third ones. Yes. The, those were very well done. The third one kind of, it was a little bit of a stretch, but okay. Goldblum uh, was getting sillier in each one. And I love that, Goldblum. I've been an yeah. avid Jeff Goldblum fan ever since I saw The Fly. Love Jeff Goldblum. He has a great series on Disney+. Plus. Um. um so the thing about the Velociraptors, let's backpedal for a second. Okay, so genetic engineering, hoo hoo hoo, poo poo. No, 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 no. You don't even have to go that way. But there is concrete scientific stuff related to training reptiles to do things. Okay, so ostriches. You don't even know if dinosaurs were really reptiles. We don't definitively know. Okay, I'm not going to have that argument with you. (laughs) Okay, let's just assume for the conversation's sake, hypothetically, they are reptiles. Birds are descendants of dinosaurs. Ostriches can be trained to do things. Chickens can be trained. Parrots can be trained. Parrots can talk in human dialect. So I I can see where the idea came about of, hey, what if we had these two velociraptors that were more genetically modified than others so that you their their instincts were suppressed, allowing their B 
behaviors to be more easily trained. That kind of like a dog, but not like they wouldn't bark on command, you know. Um, they were basically just, like that. Just ruins it from a monster movie aspect. It does. Me. It I really just, does. Uh, they that, made that's it... all I'm getting at. I mean, I know the the only reason it exists is because Michael Crichton always tries to integrate some sort of reality or pseudoscience. That's what makes Star Trek so great. Pseudoscience. You know, it's half real, half half fake. But the line that blurs the two is so thin in most instances, right? That's right. Awesome. I just I feel like the with the Jurassic World they took it a little too far. You know, yeah. I, I understand Yeah, I know that okay, yes, genetic engineer. I read the book when when I was in fucking fifth grade after the movie had come out. And yes, there is genetic engineering involved and the whole amphibian aspect and, and they're the lipocene contingency. Yeah. But I mean, beyond that, that's, it just, it felt the dinosaurs felt too designer. Yeah, they did. And that ruined the reality aspect. You know, it, that it, it it removed that blur, as you said. I think, yeah, the, 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 the linchpin was that the T-Rex is the most formidable. Formidable. Formidable dinosaur. But it's not. I mean, T-Rex didn't rule the entire planet it ruled the territory that it was in whatever that was but there were other dinosaurs that were just as equally scary but they didn't see each other because of the way the earth tectonics were different than that, but you had vastly different species between the cretaceous and the and the jurassic yeah so in jurassic park they started kind of mixing them a little bit and yeah and as a kid, that made it hard to learn because, you know, you're like, oh, my God, there's this awesome movie, Jurassic Park. It's dinosaurs. And so you start thinking because it's Jurassic Park, they all live during the Jurassic period. No. Yeah. So it's like lions are the king of the jungle. But take them out of the jungle and put them somewhere else, like in the Arctic. They're going to get killed by polar bears, right? Well, they won't even survive because of the weather. Well, there's that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they took dinosaurs that were normally cut off from the other ones, even in the same period, and then put them in the same area. And I'm like, well... Oh, yeah, they put them all in a shared ecosystem. And and I'm like, that's where you fucked up. But it's a movie. I get it. Um, and when, when you, you mentioned Star Trek, yeah, my, my most favorite example of real science and pseudoscience in Star Trek is the fucking ship itself. It's a particle accelerator. And that's how they do warp technology in the, the universe. It just doesn't work Space that folding. fucking fast. It, w- it would take days to go from stationary travel to light speed kind of thing or warp speed 
you a particle accelerator doesn't work like that. It doesn't. But that would be a very boring TV show for, for Picard to be like, okay, uh, take us to warp, you know? And they're like, okay, we'll we'll be there in three days. Hold on. That would that would be very boring. I get that. But still, I mean, three to five days to fold space time. Still pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. We haven't done it yet. Well, we can. It just takes astronomical amounts of energy. Power. Yeah, we don't have the power yet because people are afraid of. It's too prohibitive. People it's, are afraid it's not of possible right now changing it. People are afraid of changing the way that we get our power because the alternatives cost. No, no, no. Less it's not money. even that. Neil deGrasse Tyson said it's just the power needed is too prohibitive. We can't generate that much power on a ship. No, on a ship, no. But we could do it on our planet. And that would be dangerous. (laughs) Fuck it! Do it alive! That's why Zephram Cochran tested the warp engine first in space and not on the planet, on the surface of the planet. Yeah. Um, I have certain reservations about what the LHC does, but we won't go there today. <laughs> That's a whole different episode. Uh, that that does need to be an episode of itself. So while we're talking about too much time to talk about it, while we're talking about uh, power, um, I've recently read an article on Scientific American um, about the current thinking about cold fusion, not cold fusion. The I got you. Yeah. So. Basically, they're revisiting it. Um, And this article is not new. It was published in 1999. But it's in 1999, they basically asked, you know, is there any possible validity to the phenomenon of cold fusion? And at that moment in time, eight years prior, um, Two professors at University of Utah in the United States had achieved a a fusion reaction in a very simple tabletop apparatus that worked at room temperature. That's considered cold fusion because it's cold in comparison to regular fusion, right? Which is the surface of the sun. Um... You know, the movie The Saint from 97, that's... God damn, that's a good movie. The whole premise is... Yep. You know, he's trying to steal the the formula or the, the, the equations to achieve uh, sustainable, renewable energy through cold fusion. Yes. But so the difference between... There's, there's a couple of different schools of thought and... Uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't include it, but 
the Enterprise in Star Trek, the particle accelerator has multiple purposes. It's Hang not... on, if you want to talk about engineering... Well, it's not just to fold so... time so that they can warp. They also use the particle accelerator as a, well, it's... Uh, as a fusion reactor. No, so they, they have separate uh, reactors that power the impulse systems. Right. And general power uh, on on the or backup power um, for the batteries. The uh, Bussard collectors collect particles, which are then fed through um, into the warp core, where um, uh, they use antimatter and dilithium crystals. And the dilithium crystal essentially is a catalyst to achieve that that um level of power needed so yeah, that you kind of a hybrid between space uh an inert reaction and a hot reaction yeah uh because antimatter we don't have that yet i mean it, we have we have the understanding theory of it but we don't have it so yeah there's not really any safe way to collect it or use it because no, that's why it's called antimatter. <laughs> that's why it's called Chernobyl. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, on. no, I know that that was different. That was due to a, a cooling rod failure. It was, yeah, it was due to people cutting new, corners, cutting corners, and trying to make an extra buck. And yeah, it's really shitty because that one instance permanently made nuclear power a faux pas well not nuclear a faux pas, power a scary thing it is scary but it's very safe if if you mind the rules there are actually more nuclear power generators across the u.s than most people realize yeah, there are like 28 of them yeah but yeah and they're very political, uh, very, very political, because in very Republican states, they don't exist. But in mildly, per, uh, you know, like even split or only just mildly Republican states, they do exist. As of 2020, there are 56 commercially 56. powered... The commercially operating nuclear power plants with 94 nuclear power reactors in 28 states. Of the currently operating nuclear power plants, 32 plants have two reactors and three plants have three reactors. Mm -hmm. Damn. 96.6. And you know, modern nuclear gigawatts. reactors... 1.28 gigawatts! They're extremely safe. Even from like, you could shoot a missile at a nuclear reactor, a modern nuclear reactor, and it won't melt down. That's if it can make it there, because now with the well, anti-missile that. directed energy weapons that they have. That... that is true. That is very true. Do you know how many times, on average, in a day... Our, the United States power grid is attacked through the internet. 
through cyber attacks. Oh, constantly. There are all kinds of... Norse map shows all the... Well, a majority of the activity that's going on, and it identifies attacks right away. Mm-hmm. And a lot of... Actually, a lot of attacks are domestic, but the majority of them... Um, yeah, a lot of... Well, there's a lot of from... attacks that are kind of like false attacks. It's because of, like, faulty shit going wrong. But then there's the actual, like, ones that are purposeful to, to try to take power over. You know, take control. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, that was also a, another article that I read that was published in 2015 um, about the power grid cyber attacks. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, just like... We have attacks coming from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wonder if they say please when they hack us. Um, Sorry to any of our Canadian listeners. A large majority of them... At, at least according to Fortinet right now, are coming from Ireland. So, okay, and then they're attacked. So if you follow it, you can actually follow the chain. And it looks like people are probably just bouncing. Probably. Uh, but we do have a good amount of internal traffic. That's shown up on their on their threat map. I know I said Norse. They used to have a threat map, but why is so much coming from Ireland? What the fuck did we do to Ireland? <laughs> There's a lot going from DC to somewhere in the Midwest. Oklahoma? Yeah, it looks like Oklahoma yep. over to California and back and forth. Oklahoma's a relay. That's what Omaha or not Omaha. Um, well, the relay is in Chicago. Oh, that's true. For the Midwest, the relay is in Chicago. For the internet, um, yes. Yeah, and then Indianapolis is also there. Is the is the hub between the south and or the south east and the and the north? Yeah, it's all Windows. It's got my processor flying, or my my uh, CPU fan flying. Yeah, it it puts a load on your CPU for sure. It put an extra nine percent load on mine, um, and I have sixteen cores, so that's fucked up. Have you done any of these uh, virtual trade shows that vendors have been doing online? I think it's the did pandemic. Two of them. So the one I just did with Red Hat, they had this feat. This so with each of the the sessions, when you're watching the video stream, they had a live chat feature. What if I don't want to see all that nonsense? Because you know, first rule of the internet is never read the comments. Yeah, never fucking read the comments ever. If you want a stress free, happy life, never read the comments. Yep. Uh but uh. I just generally didn't like seeing it on my screen. I didn't care for the comments. You know, if if I was sitting there watching a keynote, there wouldn't be, hopefully there wouldn't be people having a conversation back and forth. So, you know, I don't need that distraction. They had the option that you could click on your name and it would present an overlay showing your personal information, but 
you know, every 30 seconds, it would just reset back to the chat window. So I opened up DevTools in Firefox and it turned out the chat window was an embedded iframe. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who the fuck with security in mind <laughs> uses an iframe for any reason? So, okay. Who the fuck in 2021 is using iframes, period? So I, I didn't have an option to close the chat. I couldn't disable it. There's nothing I could do. So I had to open my dev tools, select the, the chat window element and delete it. Every single time I started a new session. And there were like 12 something. I want to say like, like somewhere around eight, eight to 12 sessions that I went to over the course of two days. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't really fucking care to have to do that every single time, you know? I agree. So if anyone's listening that organizes this shit, if you have a chat window for whatever virtual event you're holding for whatever vendor you are, give me the ability to close that shit because I can't be the only one that, 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 you know, didn't care to see everyone saying, hi, I'm so-and-so from here. Hi, I'm so-and-so from here. And then ask a bunch of, I didn't even care to see, the questions that were people people were asking because they were just nonsensical. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't need that noise. I would expect that they wouldn't be jabbering while I'm sitting there watching a visit, you know, if I were physically in the theater watching the presentation. So don't subject me to that in my own browser. I would agree. Sorry. I had to get that out. That really fucking irritated me. Granted, it was free, so I can't really complain about that, but. Uh, I think you can. I mean, why not? Um, I think they should have left that to an IRC style chat chat room. You know, you can do that shit in HTML5 now. So, I mean, obviously they did it with the chat window on the, on the video stream, but you know, if you're going to have a chat room, you know, don't, don't bring the chat room to the video stream. I would much rather, you know, have, have the ability to drop into a lounge or join an IRC channel right? to then have the ability to chat. Otherwise I don't. I shouldn't have that thrown in my face because, you know, then then I'm going to go back to when, when my employer is like, so how was the virtual event that, you know, we gave you two days off from work to attend while it's I didn't have to go anywhere. They still gave me the time to basically sit, ignore all tickets and projects and just focus on watching the this event. Yeah, I'm not going to be very apt to say I want to go to the next one. <laughs> Right. But whatever. That that's just my <laughs> whatever. That's my dumb rant. It's not dumb, stop it. Did you check out um the trailer to the Mortuary collection? I did. <laughs> I definitely am going I put it on my watch list. It, it's really great. I mean, it's 
<laughs> it's really great. It's not. It's got the gore that that you would enjoy. Well, it's not like uh, Rob Zombie level gore, but you know, it's 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 got a few decent gory scenes. Um, it just it blew my mind because when the movie started, the the mortician, I'm like, I've seen him. Where have I seen him before? I so I'm looking him up. <laughs> I'm looking him up on Google. And my girlfriend's like, I've got to know everything about everyone that was in every movie made ever. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Well, because, you know, I, I, I have a lot of useless knowledge about Hollywood and actors and, and whatnot. So nonetheless, I pull it up and it's like, the voice of mr krabs i'm like no fucking way mm-hmm. i'm watching this this horror movie this 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 shutter horror movie and it <laughs> it's got mr krabs as the title role and i'm like okay yeah i remember seeing him in some of the live action shows they did episodes of spongebob that they did where it was you know the actors and but them still doing their their character voices and I was like, no, that that's not where I have seen seen him from. So I started looking down the list, and he's he's the captain of the guards from Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, bam, right there. Yep. The shank. <laughs> and I, I said that to my girlfriend. I'm like, I knew it. He was in the shank. And she's just like, <sighs> <laughs> can i watch the movie now oh yes okay i'm sorry lock my phone Hmm. um did you see what the university of uh i think it was minnesota did with the linux kernel project no, I did not. Uh, let me make sure I got it right. Yep, University of Minnesota, UMN. So, Linus Kernel Project came out and just outrightly out, yeah, outrightly banned them from making any more contributions. Whoa. They're like, you are blocked from making any more code commits because what they did was they they um they committed code that introduced known vulnerabilities serious on the cve level like serious vulnerabilities and the developers were annoyed as fuck because as they're going through all their prs they're like what the fuck they're you know it, <laughs> they're yeah. like what where are the what so they banned them. They're like, this is just, this is a waste of our time. This is a waste of our effort. You know, this is, that's just time lost. So they published an open letter to UMN saying you've been blocked. What you did was ridiculous. It was stupid or not open letter. It was a, I think it was just a, a, a forum posting. And they're like, what did, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, you're not allowed to contribute anymore because this, this shame just, on you. Shame on you. So UMN comes back and they're like, 
well, we're sorry, but, you know, we wanted to test your security controls around the code that's the quality of the code and how the code's being committed. And we couldn't have done this any other way. So, you know, you shouldn't ban us because we were just doing some penetration testing for this research study that we're doing. And because we knew that you wouldn't cooperate, we just did it anyway. That's not how you, oh, Jesus. Right? That's an unauthorized, unrequested penetration test. Which which is an attack. (laughs) That's an, yes, for all intents and purposes, that is a fucking malicious attack. Yep. And using the excuse of, well, we knew you wouldn't approve it, so we did it anyway. How fucking childish are you? So... I mean, they they published an open letter to the community, and it was pretty much an apology, not an apology. They they basically they reiterated the well, we knew we wouldn't be allowed to do this, so we did it anyway, and the we didn't mean to cause any problems. You know, we were just trying to help the community. It, it was it was even more nonsensical than their original response. <laughs> yeah. And so the university themselves came out and said, we've shut down this research project. We are reviewing how they even ever got permission to perform research or funding or whatnot. Oh yeah. The university is totally embarrassed. Wow. They're like, all right, th- this has just been, we, yeah, we don't know how any of this got to how it, it did. So we're just turning it off and we apologize to the community. We hope we can start to repair the damage that we have caused. So the kernel project came back and they're like, okay, we can probably, we can maybe probably trust you in the future. (laughs) Let's take it one day at a time. Wow. It just blew my mind, like, fuck, you're supposed to be the good guys, and you you claim to be doing InfoSec research, but you don't even know about the basic rules of engagement. Yeah. There there are definite rules. You need to have permission to, to do that kind of stuff, else it's considered a cyber attack. Ha! <laughs> One of our customers at Moby once did that. Are you shitting me? No, they performed an, an unauthorized penetration test. Came over to me and he's like, "Where? What?" And I'm I'm looking at things and we we narrowed I narrowed down where the IP is is coming from and it turned out to be customer XYZ and so I reached out to their customer service rep and I'm like, "Hey, we need to contact them and tell them to quit it." And then you know the app went down. And they weren't. That's why we had a fucking demo and stage server. Yep. Servers. If they wanted to request it, they could have done it against that. But they, you know, the shame, shame on them for just hitting our production without asking for permission. <laughs> I love listening to you get irate about stuff like that. Oh, I, I, okay, I'm done.
Sorry. <laughs> okay, walking off my box. Um, I, I'm just I'm I'm very passionate about you know uh, fair play and security from a what would be a a sensible standpoint. You know, I mean, if the customer wants to do a penetration test, that's fine. Just stand up a a, a test environment for them so that they can so they can do that and i think i accidentally clicked mute on you <laughs> but wipe sorry i was trying to click mine <laughs> um yeah i just when it comes to infrastructure and and security i just you know as a sysadmin i i hate spinning my wheels trying to chase down a a ghost and yeah. But um yeah, so spent some interesting time the last couple of weeks. Oh, so we're coming up on um popping the question. Yes, we are. The 19th. I was wondering if you were going to say anything about it today. If not, if not here, then then probably off the call. But yeah, um, is she now? She let me know the other day. She's like, "Oh, by the way, I have the nineteenth off." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> that sort of changes things." So I was helping her mom fix some stuff with her phone and her iPad this afternoon. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, she's like, by the way, I still have your secret. And I'm like, yeah, um, about that. She just said she now has that day off. So I need to figure out how to get her out of the house for a little bit right before dinner so that I can <laughs> decorate the dining room and surprise her with dinner. She's like, well, let us know however we can distract her. I'm like, okay, good, good to know. Something and I'll just text her mom to get her to go over to her parents' house for a short bit, and then when she comes home, be all ta-da! I love it. I love it. <sighs> I got my car retitled. Oh yeah! I finally got all that done and registered. Holy cow! Uh. While it was a lot of bouncing around between different departments, um, once I had all the paperwork I needed, five minutes of the BMV. I signed some things. They gave me a brand new plate and registration right there, and I was on my way. I was surprised they didn't give me temporary tags. You know, I, I'm used to Indiana. You get a you get a temp tag and and a plate's mailed to you unless it's a a brand new car, right? Because then they just give you, you know, you, you once you get your your certificate of title in the mail, you go to the BMV. They they give you a temp tag while you're at the at at, at the dealership, right? But you know, the, the BMV doesn't have to give you a temp tag. No, they can issue them, but they rarely do. I think they only do um, it for certain circumstances, obviously. But yeah, I 
the one anyway, you get, I, the one you get from the dealer, I think, is more just like a courtesy, be, as a way of saying, "Hey, thanks for buying a new car." Ugh. And um, to, to give you some time to save up the money, because most newer cars to get your plates registered the first time. Well, that that also gives them time to do the title work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just I felt like with the as many years as I've been in Indiana, I, it was a little annoying because uh, in Indiana they do that. The BMV does titling. In Ohio, they have a separate, a separate government body that handles auto titles. Um. So I had to go back and forth. I literally went to a side of town where there's a, a clerk of courts auto division office and a bmv next door to each other in the same strip (laughs) and i went to the bmv got my out-of-state vin inspection performed then i walked over to the um clerk of court's office because they had called me and said hey send us your title walked over there did the 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 retitling and then they gave me a few forms and then a certificate of title, which I then walked back over the BMV stood in line for about five minutes, gave them that they knew everything of what to do. And I was, I was gone and it's so much cheaper too, dude. So like in Indiana, a brand new car, it's a couple hundred bucks, right? I mean, even a car that's only a few years old, you're, you're paying over a hundred dollars in registration fees. Yep. <sighs> I had the option to pay up either two. So in Ohio, they do it on your uh, registration renewals on your birthday. So they said you could pay up and pay until August or you could pay until your birthday in 2022. So I'm like, I'll just do that. 80 bucks. What the fuck? On a 2017 Toyota Corolla. That would have easily been like 200 here. Oh, yeah. No, when I first got the car, it was like. It was it was close to three hundred bucks. Jesus. And each year it goes down a little bit, but yeah, last year I think I paid um, uh, over uh, I want to say around one hundred and twenty dollars. Wow. And I I should have paid that for the next few years until it it gets to be five years old, or I ten years old. And then it gets like dirt cheap. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, I, I put my, my plate on my car and now when I'm driving around, I, I don't, I don't, don't feel so paranoid anymore i got my driver's license got my my plates and registration um yeah i no longer have any residential ties to indiana bitch (laughs) i mean good for you well you should move down here too um 
and you could get you could live anywhere in Cincinnati or around Cincinnati like if you wanted you could go down to Newport or uh or Covington or you could stay in you could move to Mason and just be down the street from Kings Island or I don't know or um Great Wolf Lodge uh you trying to get me to come live closer to you, huh? Uh, yeah. Or you could, you know, come stay in Sharonville, which is a nice, nice city. It's part of Greater Cincinnati, and but um, yeah, it's a it's a different feeling because I've never actually lived outside of the state. I can imagine. So it's kind of like cool, but kind of like, oh man. Uh, when I was a kid, um, we lived in Kentucky until my, I was born in Kentucky. We lived there for a number of years until, shut up, until my brother was born. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And then we moved to Southern Indiana and we lived there for some time. And then we moved to Indianapolis and then I pretty much grew up in Indianapolis and when I was younger, I had a I had a southern I had a Kentucky accent, and I got made fun of it all the time. So it only comes out when I'm really tired or really fucking drunk. Shut up! <laughs> you were so fucking quick to say shut up. <laughs> yeah, oh. my girlfriend gives me that kind of crap. Oh, that's awesome. No, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. <laughs> yeah, that's why I I changed my voice because I didn't like how I sounded. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's not cool when you're a kid and you're getting made fun of all the time because of how you talk. No, it it shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, that's a shitty reason to get made fun of. Trust me. So you know, I I did the same thing that that uh, Josh Gates did and changed his voice. He's born and raised in in Boston, uh, and he 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 selectively filters out the Boston accent. It's really impressive. Uh, one of one of the actors that i i enjoy nay i can't remember his name his name but so he's got a really thick um texas accent naturally but he's never played a character where he uses that accent so uh, he he appeared uh remotely on conan one night and listening to him talk i'm like who the fuck is this dude he looks like so and so but that's not him. And then it is him. And I'm like, oh my God, he just fucking hides that shit so well. <laughs> I, the, the level of mental like power that you have to devote to that, like everything that you say, you don't let anything slip. Was, what the fuck? But I guess like, you know, actresses and actors, 
that's why they do multiple takes of things because they're like, oh, fuck, I, I screwed up that word, you know? So they read. Well, them. over time, accents just sort of become natural. True. But yeah, that, that is an advantage over, over live theater is that they can they can sort of perfect it if, if, if it's not something that they've, if it's something they t- they're taking on for that production, it, it makes it a lot easier because they're probably working with a dialect coach and um, Hugh Jackman for longest time, never knew he was Australian. Yep. First time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I didn't expect that either. Um, Jason Statham I I love his British accent I hate it when he talks with an American accent <laughs> just that oh, that accent just oh, <laughs> I don't know what it is I like, I don't know, like, but so I'm going to sound really ignorant when I say this, but <laughs> people from other countries, they're the same way. They, they either like American accents from certain areas or they don't, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool when you, you meet somebody and, and they're like. Like, oh, say that again. I like the way you say that. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's just the way I talk. What are you fucking talking about? You know what I mean? Don't snicker at me in silence. (laughs) Butt wipe. What? No, I'm not laughing at you. Laughing with me. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I just, I'm (laughs) trying. You're not. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I'm like. Because I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, how how do I, how do I say this? Because I, I was trying to, trying to be witty, but I laughed at it myself. Because I'm just like, I. <laughs> You've been there, I, though, right? I I'm just like you know, that word that you say, pull on log. Say pull on log again. I pull on the log. Yes. Say pull on log. I pull on the log. Yes. Now say leather. Ladder. Yes. Say leather. Ladder. I. Oh, you make. (laughs) 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 You make me. Oh, you say. Your sexy American accent make me so hard and horny. <laughs> I can't sit with a straight face. Can't you? Oh, you can't, huh? <laughs> you can't, uh, like it's. So, <laughs> I love it when I. We drank vodka. We have lots of parties with beaches. Beaches, come. 
<laughs> Ew. Bitches come. <laughs> Bitches come. <laughs> I love hearing the word bitch with a Russian accent. Beach. <laughs> Beach. <laughs> come on, Dimitri, say it again. No. Why, why do you always want me to say words, Matthew? No, come on. Just say it again. I love it when you say these words. Fine. I only say this because, you know, I love you. Yes, but please, just one more. Fine. Bitch. (laughs) You know, you one sick motherfucker, Matthew. (laughs) You're fucking having a conversation with Dimitri over there. (laughs) Yeah, he's a character I created for a live-action role-playing game. Oh, cool. Many years ago. Um, when I was in college, but uh, there are a few different, with a few different voices that I've done. I, but um, so that's all I've got for this week. I'm, I could spend a lot more time, but uh, I know uh, you got to get going. Yeah, I got adult duties. Right? Not to say you that you some don't. adult duties to take care of. I gotta, I gotta feed a minor. That sounded wrong, but you know what I meant. <laughs> yep, I know, I know what you meant. Um, Brian, I need you to come down here and feed the minor for me. I don't have to listen to that no more. <laughs> oh. oh i just realized where you went with that yep he's like oh oh shit that escalated would you like spam spam eggs and spam no i don't like spam i love spam oh i can't get my girlfriend to try it for the life of her i'm like you've you never even had it and she's like you pork sausage and i'm like but it's amazing it's better than pork sausage. It's like it's like pig hash browns. She'll have a pig in a blanket, but she won't try spam. Yeah. I don't know, but whatever. Oh. I love you, man. I love you too. Any final thoughts? Um Aside from my normal spiel about being kind to everybody that you come across, um, yeah, I think you should teach somebody something that you learned new every day. Yeah. Go out and share knowledge with the world. You got pissed because I call you fat. <laughs> I took a big old shit in your hat. Away, away, away. And on that note. On that I note, do believe it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. I love you, dude. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> and Matthew, it's always a pleasure. Yep. I love you too, man. Ditto. All right, bye. Bye.
<laughs> I love listening to you get irate about stuff like that. 